Welcome to Living Chassidus. Together, let's live the Chassidus we learn. Okay, good morning everybody, and welcome to Chassidus in the morning, Kuntus at We're going through it very nicely, and uh, today we're going to get a little bit heavy. But uh, I'm sure you'll understand what we're doing, and it won't be a big deal. So, basically, until now, with all yesterday's class, we talked about there's five preparations for davening. When we talked, the first preparation is really setting yourself a, a healthy place that you can concentrate and you can relax and, and really be able to focus. And together with that, <clears throat> we talked about being not walking around. You know, sometimes I think if you go to, let's say, you look in 770, or, you know, you see different shows, people walk around. There's a quick story. There's a, there's a chassid. I think of the Tzemach Tzedek that also would walk around during davening. So the Tzemach Tzedek said, he goes, I can see that, that you're not really going anywhere when you daven. So he said to him, why? So he said, because I always be walking back and forth. If you'd walk from one place to the other and you'd get somewhere else, so then I could see that you definitely had an effect. You got somewhere, but you were going back and forth. So you didn't, you don't really get anywhere. But the idea, as he said, it, people say that it helps them concentrate because it doesn't really help you concentrate. And especially the concentration we're talking about, that, that you're really connecting to, to what, what you're davening, to the words that you're saying, or you're connecting to the, what you're learning. And so that, for that connection, you can't be walking around. And you think about it, you know, anything you're thinking about deeply, you're distracted if you're walking around. You don't, you know, when you think deeply, you don't move, you don't walk around, you, you stay in one spot. And then we said you should put on, then you, then you, then you, like when, when you've cleared your mind and you've, you've, you know, you've cleared your mind so you can get ready to daven, then you sit in one spot and you should think about chassidus. Now, you know, again, it's important to understand that if we don't have the time, this, you know, this, I, I feel like it's important that we don't, this thing, this book is not like an all or nothing type of thing, but see what you can do. You know, could I add five minutes? Yeah, we'll learn a in the morning. This could be the chassidus you're learning. He's saying you should learn. He says over here, I don't, we'll stop from there. Meditating on chassidus while learning, while wearing talis and tefillin. After he has done his talis and tefillin, it is commendable for a person before prayer to reflect on a chassidic concept. For a half an hour or more. So he's saying here you should spend half an hour or more thinking about chassidus. <clears throat> Very interesting. He doesn't say learn a mimer. He says to reflect on a chassidic concept. And he says this too should only be should this too should be carried out only while one is either standing or sitting in one single spot. In this way, a person will open his mind and heart and make them receptive. At times, it is also advisable to do so before blessing of Yitzchak. So he's saying essentially the reason why you're doing this, you're thinking about the chassidus. Remember, so it's an idea that you know and you're thinking about it and you're contemplating on it and you're meditating on it. That will help, an, that will help open you up. That will help you open your mind to be able to really connect during the davening. And also he says, and also another time you could do it, like in addition, or it could be, you know, either or, in depending on your situation, is Bayetzer, which is in in the, the blessings of Shema. That over there, before Shema, you could sit there and, and sort of, you know, that, I think it's more of a refocus, but 
It could be if some of us, this is the focus. And, and then at that point, you sit and you think about an idea of chassidus. You think, meaning, it's not thinking about, again, which I just want to make this clear. It's not thinking about the concept just as itself, by itself, but this concept, how does that mean in my life? What, what am I, how am I living with that idea? So you take an idea that you know already, and you're saying to yourself, what, what does that mean to me? And how can I connect with that? And how can that help in my relationship, my connection to God and doing Torah mitzvahs? So that's the second thing, the meditation before davening, the learning through, not learning chassidus, but reflecting on a chassidic concept. And it doesn't have to be a whole mayamist, it's just one concept, one idea. The third thing, the third preparation, self-deprecation through bitterness. So just a heads up for this. In the end of it, he says that this is not every day. And, and I'll, I'll give a little bit on the outside and then we'll go on the inside. That basically we have to recognize, and this in Chassidus talks about this very much, that we have to be honest with ourselves. And, and Chassidus demands emphasis, says, Midas Emes Liyakov, that the Altar ever said this, the, I can't remember exactly the, now from Tom Head, it's in Hayyim Yoyim. Basically, it says, an Altar ever said, a Maimer, I think it was a Maimer, and he said, Midas Emes Liyakov. And that he demanded the, the middle of truth. And that he said that if he wouldn't have said that, he would have gotten 50,000 more chassidim. Imagine that, 50,000. But he demanded emes. Demanding emes means a person has to be honest with themselves. And, and, and one of the challenges, you could say, of Chabad chassidus is that, is that chassidus wants, so you know, they say the same, chassidus wants us to be inner or real and not, not fake ourselves. And if you want to be successful in our lives, of, of Siddim, especially in the Chabad version, which is very much, it's our own, that we, we own our Judaism. So in order for that to happen, we have to be honest with ourselves and recognize what we're holding, where we can improve. It's not to put ourselves down and make ourselves feel bad and, and make us sad and depressed. It's because we care about our lives and we care about the future of us in this world and we care about what we're here for. And in order to do that the best way possible, we have to be honest and we'll see. So let's, with that preface, we'll see. Sultification through bitterness. The third, the third step. Furthermore, a person must humble himself. As our sages state, a person should not commence his prayers except in a submissive frame of mind. So he's saying when you dive, you should be in submissive, this humble type of mind. This alludes to the quality of humbleness and lowliness that are fostered by somber introspection. To carefully review all aspects of one's past thoughts, speech, and deeds identifying those that have not been directed to God. So we have to, every so often, recognize and ask and, and, and pay attention and see where we're holding and see where we can improve. Where, where, what are things that we're doing that's totally not connected to God and connected to the mission and why we're here, or connected to serving a better purpose. These distance him utterly from godliness and certainly prevent him from receiving God's light and holiness. If you're not doing it, it's... It's not just I'm not doing what I should be doing, but it's separating me from God. It's like, it's like I'm trying to be healthy and in shape and I'm eating junk food and, you know, and ice cream and things like this. It's not just I'm not doing the right thing, but it's, it's, it's not making me just not healthy. It's making me unhealthy. And so too, we have, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an, a deep realization that when I'm, when I'm not doing the right things I'm not, and I'm giving in to my Yetzirah, it's not just I'm giving in, but it's taking me away from my connection to God. And then we come and we wonder, why do we not feel excited to daven and learn? And why is it so hard? And so some people, you know, they think, oh, we just 
all for me, and I need to go and, uh, and fulfill my needs and make myself feel good. And you don't realize, it's not, that's not the problem. The problem is you don't realize every time you do something that's not connected to God, it, you're losing the connection, you're losing that relationship, and you're losing that feeling. So when we start to, to go the opposite way, in the positive way, we recognize that all those things are taking us away from godliness. So the first of all, the recognition is ready to start. But then we start to try to ask ourselves before we do things, is this helping my connection? Is this helping me be connected to my godliness and to God or not? And if it isn't, then let me try not do it. And you'll see that the connection will build and it's not getting better. Just as the home of a king must be cleansed of filth and dirt, if not, it is unfit to be his residence. Likewise, each person must be a vessel and an abode for, the, for God's light and holiness. It's just like you, have, you want to have a king in your house, king come over, you have to make sure the house is clean. You have to realize that, that if I'm just eating and leaving my, food on the, you know, leaving my food on the floor and things like this, that, that's not just I'm not cleaning the house, I'm making the house dirtier. And so too with us. When we're not doing what we're meant to be doing, we're, we're not inviting the king. We're not in a place that the king can come. Accordingly, on the verse, and you shall make construction of me a sanctuary, and I shall dwell within them. A sage's comment, the passage does not say in it, but in them. Make for me a sanctuary, and I shall dwell within them. Why does it say within them? We all know this already. Implying that God will dwell in each and every person. Hashem wants to come and dwell within us. Hashem wants to be connected with us. He wants to shine his light on us. But it only works, and we only feel this if we're, if we're clean, so to speak. And giving in to every desire that we have. We're not thinking about what we're doing and why we're doing it. And not paying attention to these little uh, subtle things. And really not, not paying attention to us. And not realizing how important the, the actions that we have. Makes us not clean enough that, that we can get the light of God. And the cleaner we are, the more light can come in. Therefore, a person must be cleansed and purified of all dirt and evil filth. Then he can be a suitable vessel for the godly light which is not the case if he has not been so cleansed. For then, not only is the essence and substance of his animal soul, as fossil as ever, not having been displaced yet in the least, but moreover, the animal soul controls and dominates his body by clothing itself in the three garments of thought, speech, and deed. Meaning, if you're not cleansing yourself, you're not cleaning yourself, you're just getting dirty, and the animal soul is taking full charge of you, and he's making the decisions, and his decisions aren't based off what's beneficial for your godly soul, and beneficial for your connection to God. So you're just going the wrong direction. And it's not, you know, you're trying to be healthy and the animal soul is telling you to come eat ice cream for breakfast. And, and, and you're wondering, and, you know, and it's not working. It's not going to work that way. In thought, by lasting after pleasures and thinking about them, an animal soul is in your thoughts, thinking about things, desires, and pleasures, and wanting to think about how to, to achieve them. In speech, by speaking about his heart's passions and lust, not just you think about things, but you talk about it. Oh, I really want this. I really want these things that are not beneficial for you in any way, whether it's staying up late, eating what you shouldn't be eating, talking what you shouldn't be talking, self-talk that you shouldn't be talking, wanting to go out and do all the things that aren't really productive for you and for your goals in life. Or by scoffing and frivolity, you know, when you're speech and you're, you're, you're making jokes, but not just in positive ones, but like negative ones and making fun of people, things like this. Similarly, indeed, by actually fulfilling his heart's passions and cravings, even in permissible matters, when intended to gratify the lust of his soul, even, even if it's talking about something that's kosher, but the only reason why you're doing it is to satisfy and make yourself feel good, enjoy it, just to enjoy the food for the food's sake. There's no other purpose. There's no, there's no like higher reasoning for what you're doing. 
You're eating just because it tastes good. I don't care about God. I kind of just want to taste good. And, and, and we got to start realizing that why am I eating this? Is this beneficial for me? Is this going to help me in my day? Is this going to help me connect to God more, have more God in my life? So then if not, then why am I doing this? Is this good for me? Our impermissible matters with Adam when utterly unnecessary, but indulging them for his enjoyment and pleasure to relish more of the lights. Yeah, you're just doing it just for the good taste, just for the enjoyment that I get from it, not the spiritual enjoyment, just the physical enjoyment. Or by actually becoming enraged, but when you get angry, which also constitutes a deed, and all the more so if he acts on the impetus of his rage and anger, and even more so if you act out of your, out of rage, it's, it's not good at all. You're taking yourself away from God. Through all this, a person verily dirties and sells himself. And we've got to realize when we're doing this, we're making ourselves dirty. And this is a very interesting perspective of how to look at it. You know, I used to think about it like, let's do what you want and do what you should. But he's saying, clean yourself up or make yourself dirty. You know, you look at a, at a, at a you know, a rugelach in the morning and you can say to yourself, oh, I really want it. But I learned in the moment I shouldn't have it. Why? Because I have no intended purpose for it. Why am I eating this? So I said, why am I eating this? So I used to say, oh, you can do the right thing, do what you want, do the right thing. But he's saying, if I'm eating this and there's no real good reason for me to have this, besides it just tastes good and it's going to make me, if anything, make me not feel great after. So why am I eating this? When I'm eating this, it's going to make me dirty. Do I want to be dirty or clean? You know, I just had a shower. I want to be clean. Through all this, a person very dirty and serves himself, rendering himself wholly unfit to be a dwelling place and an abode for God's light, as in, the tr- as in truth he ought to be, with a light of dwelling inwardness within him. So when we start to see this way and we start to say to ourselves, I'm going to choose to make myself clean and do things in my life that is going to benefit me, not me in the immediate, not me, my animal soul, but me, my godly soul, my connection with God. And, and let me try to implement that a little bit. On the contrary, he becomes a vehicle for the forces of impurity. Through, though he studies Torah prodigiously, it is, its light doesn't illuminate inwardly with light within him. Just the opposite. It is instead of exile and captivity, like his godly soul, which is exiled and held captive by the animal soul. And therefore, if you're not doing it, even when you learn Torah and you do mitzvahs, it, it doesn't help. It doesn't help the situation. And you just feel the lack, the lack of godliness in your life. You don't understand. You know, and you think, I don't know what, what's going on. I'm learning. But but. It's not enough just to learn. It's also, it's also everything else that comes around with it. From every quarter, the animal song compass that conceals the godly light. As it says, the wicked man encircles the righteous. That the godly soul is being encircled by the Nefesh of Bahamas. In other words, the intensification of the animal soul's lust with all the animal soul's soiled garments envelop the godly soul, conceal, concealing and hiding it. Insofar as the godly soul is unable to escape, from captivity and pray to God with das and meditation, or the more so with innerness of the heart that transcends das and meditation. And therefore, if you if it's a if your whole day is just about filling your desires and not thinking about God or your godliness within you, so it's going to be totally consumed. So then you're not going to have a, you're going to have a very hard time davening, and you can say davening is not working. It doesn't work. I can't daven. I can't do these things. It's not that you can't do these things. You're going to realize that I'm doing other things that are making me dirty or make me not a clear to get it not that i'm a bad person it's again he doesn't say you're a bad person you just got to realize the results of your actions we want to be healthy but we also want to eat junk food and not do exercise and this is sort of the challenge that we're having 
We want to be healthy. I want to feel good. We want to, we want to have a good, healthy lifestyle. But we also want to eat junk food and, and don't do any exercise and, and don't go out and do, you know, the hour walk we should be doing. So we got to, and so what he's saying is we've got to spend some time recognizing this. Because if you don't recognize it, you're going to keep on wondering, why am I not healthier? Why am I still, why am I not losing any weight? It's because we're not paying attention that I'm eating junk food all day. And it's like, I don't, I don't realize this. And so that's what he's saying. You have to spend some time realizing. So where am I holding? Am, am I in my life all going the one direction or am I going in five different directions? And if I am, so then the result is not going to be what I want. The time. Oh, exactly. We'll stop here on 108. Continues going. And then and tomorrow he'll explain how, how, of course, don't do this every day. You don't walk around doing this. It's going to be very intense on you. But once in a while, you got to sit down and, and ask yourself these questions. It's not, again, it's not to make you feel bad or well, make yourself depressed in any way, just to make you recognize where you're holding and to be making honest accounting so you can figure out in what direction. You know, I, had a, I have a friend that he's a life coach and I asked him, what, what, is, what are you doing as a life coach? And he said, I take a, a beam and I make it turn into a laser. Meaning you have ideas, but they're very broad. And his job is to help you figure out how to really hone in on exactly what it's meant, what it is, and what you what do you want to be doing? What should you be doing now? And and I and I think essentially this is what he's saying, that that you want to be davening, you want to be connected to God, but you don't. But you have to every so often realize that I want to I want to be going this direction, but am I going in that direction? And yeah, and you know, and you look around and what you're doing throughout your day, and you say, oh wow, you know, I'm actually not going that direction. So what's on something that I could do? You know, you don't take on the whole world, but what's one thing I can do this month a little bit different? Try to work on it so I'll be a little more in line with it's be going. And that's what he's saying. And that will help. I'll help you be more of a clear, more open, more of a receptacle to be able to daven better and, and have your duties in better, ultimately. Have a great day.